Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1987. This week on Cars Yeah, we are celebrating the Concord in the Hills that takes place on Saturday, February 12th in beautiful Fountain Hills, Arizona. With over a thousand cars, this is a first event for the new year you don't want to miss. To learn more, go to concordinthehills.org. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Carefree Arizona. I think that's where I'd like to go live when I retire because we all want to be a little bit carefree with a very special guest by the name of Jim Metzl. Jim, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, I am. Yeah, you're a guy who is very good at releasing clutches because we're going to talk about your racing and fun with cars. We're going to talk about the Concord in the Hills. But before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Jim? Gosh, that's a catch me a little flat-footed on that. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a hobby uh, or something you like to do that's a little bit uh, unique or different or outside of your world of passion for cars. Well, I'm uh, I'm hoping to uh, get a place outside Arizona in the summertime. I'm looking at outside the country for a few months. Really, COVID willing? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Now, do you have some countries that you have in mind? I do. Uh, Thailand down in Phuket is one area. The Gold Coast of Australia is another area. And also uh, the Hako area of Costa Rica. Oh, my gosh. You've got some very interesting uh, prospects in your future in some really beautiful parts of the world. I uh, That sounds pretty nice. Uh, some more carefree is coming up around the world for Jim, eh? Uh, hopefully, indeed. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to talk about the Concours, talk about cars, race cars. We're going to have some fun today. Jim Metzel is in charge of the race car section of the Concours in the Hills. Of course, it's taking place coming up here in February in beautiful Fountain Hills, Arizona. His passion for motorsports has been lifelong, having first fallen in love with racing at the age of 16 when he attended a, an SCCA regional race in Minnesota, Minnesota, that's far from where you're going to be heading. <laughs> a little different weather, too. <laughs> After watching the Can-Am cars run at Road America when he was in college, the hook was set. And in the 70s and 80s, a Jim raced in SCCA events driving a number of Formula Atlantic race cars. And then in 2015, he started vintage racing in a March Atlantic that was driven by that guy named Jacques Villeneuve. Very cool. He follows most motorsports with a strong love for F1 and Indy cars, of course. I think there's an open wheel uh, category here that Jim's in love with. To support his track addiction, Jim owns a heavy equipment sales and rental business there in Carefree, Arizona. Jim will be back in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsor, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Keep the seats belt cinched down tight. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, 
and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word yeah, Y-E-A-H, Two one at checkout. Yeah, twenty one at covercraft.com. Covercraft protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Jim, we're back. So let's talk a little bit before we get into the Concord in the Hills event which is a wonderful event. But I want to talk a little bit about your racing and your love for racing because having been a fellow vintage racer, this is a way for us, for guys like you and me to get out there and really have some fun, drive real proper race cars in somewhat of a controlled setting, depending on where you're racing. Those guys <laughs> over in Goodwood, I'm not sure I could race with those guys. So tell me, go back in time here, how this all got in and, and some of the cars you've raced. I mean, especially this car that you raced that Villeneuve drove. Holy cow. Well, I've had... Uh quite a variety, but I've, I've focused on single seaters. My original start was like most of us, I didn't have any money uh, when my love of racing set in, but yeah. when I got out of college and started working, uh, I, and wasn't married, I was determined to get something onto the track. I picked up a, a Fiat 850 sedan for $650 that had been raced in uh, Midwest sports car console in and around uh, the Wisconsin, Northern Illinois area. Wow. I got my uh, Midwest sports car console competition license at Blackhawk Farms in Beloit, Wisconsin, and that's how I got started my on-track experience. The next year, I upgraded to a Fiat 850 uh, Spider. got some good experience, went to Road America for the first time, and then, as luck would have it, I moved to Wichita, Kansas, the garden spot of Kansas, of course. I bought my first formula car, which was a Lola T240 uh, with a uh, twin cam engine in it. Picked that up and, and raced in the Midwest Division SCCA, primarily uh, regionals, uh, quite a few different tracks. Had a great time with that car and actually did quite well with it. Was uh, uh, Had a pretty seamless transition from the uh, low-horsepower uh, sedans and uh uh, Spider into uh, an Atlantic car and uh, really loved them. The following year, I upgraded to a year-old uh, T360B uh, that had been owned by uh, Bill Scott Racing and driven by Tom Clauser. 
Wow. In the pro series, and I ran primarily SCCA nationals and actually won a couple. Wow. You've been having some fun. Tell me a little bit about this uh, Villeneuve car, because that one sounds really cool. Yeah, that was when I got back into racing. Uh, I searched around for a nice Atlantic or a, uh, a B-Sports racer type car to pick up. I found this particular car in Houston. It had been driven in uh, for several years by a doctor down there and was in pretty nice shape. Brought it back, had the, the boys at Arrow Lane Prep Shop go through it and uh, took it back to exactly as it was driven in period by Jacques Villeneuve in 1980. He won the uh, championship with that car. No kidding. So it's a pretty historically significant car, and I had a had have had great fun with that car. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet. Sounds wonderful. Well, this is a nice transition to your role there with uh, Pete Volney, who was our guest at the beginning of this week, who uh, is running this event. But you can't run a Concours without having a lot of help. And you're one of those people, he said, you got to have Jim on your show because he's a huge help to the to the event. The Concours in the Hills, you're in charge of the race car section. So tell our listeners a little bit about some of the cars you're going to see at the event. Well, we've got a pretty good selection. We have, I, I would call the the superstars would be some indie cars, including uh, Mario Andretti's first Lotus car that was owned by Dean Van Lines. Oh, wow. And actually prepared in Phoenix. And then we are going to have a couple of Dan Gurney Eagles. Oh, cool. It looks like we're going to have an 81 uh, Dubonnet car that was driven by Kevin Kogan. And then uh, we're going to have the last indie car that Gurney ever fielded, which was uh, a Renard Eagle that was driven by PJ Jones and Alex Barron. Additionally, we have some pretty cool Can Am cars coming. We've got a Lola T160 small block. Mm. We have <laughs> we have a Genie Mark 10 uh, USSR C car, an early Can Am car that was uh, Merle Brennan's car, and then we have a uh, McLaren uh, M8E that was driven by Bobby Brown, and then we also have. Uh, a single-seat Can-Am car, ironically, also driven by Bobby Brown, that is a uh, Lola T333. And additionally, we've got a at least one Lola TC T70 coupe coming in. We have uh, one of three Echidnas, which are basically a Minnesota backyard hot rod shop car. There were three of them made. They were quite successful. But basically, they were uh, uh, cars with a uh, fuel-injected uh, Chevrolet small block in them that uh, took some very brave men to drive. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Wow. And then we have a selection of Trans Am cars and some other uh, other types of uh, SCCA cars. And I think uh, the final car count will be probably around 25 race cars. And, oh, we also will have a, uh, a Baja 1000 car that was driven by P.J. Jones this year. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You you know, you've curated an incredible mix of cars. And Peter told me that one of the things you guys do at this event at the beginning is a start your engines. Oh, my gosh. You add all those cars starting. And I think we're going to see a little shaking in the hills there in Arizona. Yes, sir. I think we will. And we're going to have a great selection of not only vintage race cars, but vintage race car drivers, including a, a couple Indy 500 winners. No kidding. Well, you know, you made a nice segue to my next question, and that was, I know there's going to be some great people in the years past, and Ari Leindyke, Lynn St. James, Derek Daly, before we lost, of course, last year, Bob Bondurant was there. Right. Tell, tell me some of the, the greats that are going to be there. Let's see, in addition to those gentlemen, uh, P.J. Jones will be being be coming there. We're trying to get Bobby Brown to come out from New York to join us. We'll have, uh, <clears throat> let's see, you mentioned Ari Leindyke. 
Jeff Andretti is trying to get his father Mario to join us. And also Tom Sneva, we hope, will join us. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Some heavy hitters. Yes, sir. I love it. This sounds absolutely fantastic. You know, some of the things about this event that are very cool, and I want to remind the listeners here, and this is why, boy, if you live like where I do, where we've had some pretty tough weather, not quite as bad as the Midwest or East, but I live where it rains a lot. This is a nice time of the year, February, to get out of the weather and go to where it's beautiful. And one of the things that's cool about this event is it's free and the parking's free. So, you know, just a plane ride away and great hotels to stay at. There's a lot of cool things that are going to be happening here. Um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about maybe a driving inspiration because, you know, you're a race car driver and having named off the people you just named off in the cars that you're curating, is there a driver in the past that maybe was an inspiration for you when you got into doing vintage racing? Well, when I got, when I got into vintage racing, as far as somebody that I really admired and did what I did at a much higher level with a lot more funding is Tom Malloy. Oh, yes. Tom will be joining us, too, and bringing uh, several of his cars over, as, as he likes to say, a truckload, <laughs> including the, Mark, the M8E McLaren. I love the way Tom prepared his cars, and he was also tried to be very true to exactly how the cars were uh, run in a period, right down to having uh, the decals made like they were done in period and uh, not just getting it close, but getting it uh, perfect. We try to do that with our, our Villeneuve car. Tom certainly was an inspiration as far as how to go vintage racing correctly. Yeah, I, I've known of Tom forever. In fact, uh, one of the last times I raced was at Road America, and he was there, I'm, I'm almost certain if my memory serves you know, this is a little while ago, uh, with a Villeneuve car, I believe. He's got probably the greatest collection of IndyCar roadsters and rear engine cars, including the first, second, and third place finishers in the, the controversial 1982 Indy 500 that ah, was won yeah. by eventually officially certified to be run by Bobby Unser, although Mario Andretti took the trophy at the, the uh, dinner that night because he thought he'd won it, and they later reversed it. But he, just just in case, Tom has both cars, so we know he's got the winner. Well, I, I know he was there, and I may have mixed up my cars. It's been quite a while, but... Yeah, he's, uh, oh man, prolific in racing and vintage racers and, yep. and incredible cars. You know, I can't imagine you leave a big event like that with the trophy and then you get the phone call. Uh, sorry, you got to bring that trophy back. We're going to give that to, <laughs> oh my gosh, heart, talk about the heartbreaking uh, stories of racing. Uh, not the first time yes. that's ever happened, of course, but that had to be a, a, a very tough one for him. Just an, just another milestone in the, the Andretti Indy curse. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, it's it's been a tough road. But man, you know, I really hold Mario Andretti in high esteem because he's one of those guys that figured out how to market himself in racing. And I don't think there's anybody, even people that have no clue about racing, everyone knows who Mario Andretti is. When you name off some of these other names that you and I know are greats, so a lot of people right. go, who? I've never heard of him. But Andretti, that guy figured it out, didn't he? Yes, he was a good businessman and a good uh, a good manager of his own career, and uh, also one of the few guys. I, I'm, I'm good friends with Bobby Brown, and Bobby was telling me back when we were both doing Formula 5000s together, and he said the one thing about Mario, he said, we all try, and we all have some good laps. Mario is one of the very few drivers that will take it out to the very limit of the car and his ability each and every lap. There is no backing off. There is no saving the car he just uh he, he rings the most he can get out of the track the car and himself every time every foot he's on the track 
Yeah, incredible guy. Absolutely fantastic. We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more about your racing and the love that you have for racing. And we'll touch on a few other things about this wonderful event, the Concord in the Hills. So keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to autogeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. autogeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. TechForce is a charity of choice here at Cars Yeah. AutoTechs are in high demand, but the supply It's critically short. For every one tech who graduates school, there's five jobs waiting for them. Said another way, four technician jobs go unfilled for every technician graduate. Lots of young people love cars, but don't know how to turn that passion into their careers. TechForce Foundation shows them through career exploration, technical education, and the workforce development solutions. Join Cars Yeah! in supporting TechForce Foundation and its mission to solve the technician shortage by donating at techforce.org today. Let's talk a little bit about maybe a challenge. Now, being a guy who's raced and even in, in the vintage racing and the semi-professional SCCA that you did, I have no doubt that maybe you came up with a couple challenges, maybe, maybe even a failure here and there. I like to ask this question because it's more about how you came through that in a positive way and what was that really valuable lesson for you? Can you share maybe a a little bumpy road with us? Sure. You know, the things that we always have a hard time uh, mustering up, the first, of course, is funding. Mm. I've always been uh, self-funded and I've always uh, earned earned my own way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have good years and and those years I have a good racing program. (laughs) Some years are lean years and we we throttle back a bit. And that's an issue. And then another interesting issue is uh, preparation. If you're doing this on a highly amateur level, which I pretty much did, you have to either become proficient as a mechanic, which I most certainly am not, or you have to find somebody that can prepare a car that travels at a very high rate of speed that can get it to where it'll be both safe and reliable. That's always, particularly if you've moved a bit, which I have, that's always been a bit of a challenge. But I've been really lucky to get some great shops to work with. And then uh final thing is your talent. It seems like as all of us that have raised, I think when we start, we all have aspirations. Mine was to uh, get into one of the professional, the big board professional series like Formula 5000 or Can-Am and drive on the same tracks and the same races with my heroes. Yeah. But at some point, you look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, an Atlantic is a pretty fast car. I think I'll stay there. I can I can do that <laughs> safely. Yeah. And we'll let, we'll let somebody else do the IndyCar or the Formula 5000. Well, you know, I, I look at vintage racing and you look at some of the cars guys are driving. You get into F1, you get into Can-Am, uh, Formula 5000. Yeah, some of these cars are scary, scary, scary fast cars. And, yes, they are. Yeah, I just look at looked at some of those and went, whoa. Uh, 
And, you know, the other thing about vintage racing is, I don't know about you, but not getting a lot of seat time. And when you're you're running a successful business to pay for all this, life gets in the way. I shouldn't say get in the way, but life becomes a part of your, your daily kids, marriage, whatever it might be, the business. And that doesn't give you a lot of time. You think about professional drivers. They spend a lot of time testing and on tracks. And many times when I would get to the track, I think, I can't even remember the last time I drove this thing. It's a little bit spooky. So yeah, definitely a lot of challenges, but you know what? As you know, it's all worth it, right? Yes, sir. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. In preparation, I've interviewed hundreds of race car drivers and preparation is typically a key factor. Many a race was won before you even got to the track because of that preparation. So I understand that as well. Now, the Concord on the Hills is a very cool event because it's held on the grass. And I've been to a lot of Concord events. And one of the things is race cars on grass aren't always (laughs) a good mix, but they certainly look beautiful. What is it about parking race cars at a Concord on the grass that really kind of appeals to you? I, I think it's just the aesthetics of the setting. Yeah. We have uh, a lake in the middle of the park it's in, and we have the world's largest fountain that goes off uh, every hour for about 20 minutes. It's such a pastoral setting, and it's such a, a contrast with the uh, the brutal environment where these Indy cars and 5,000 cars and Pan Am cars normally run that it's just like putting a lion, lion in a pasture of lambs. It, but it, it it's so beautiful, and it's so tranquil, and I think the, the thousands of people that come out and go to the Concours really enjoy seeing the cars in this sitting and be, being able to get so close to them and talk to the owners and in some cases the drivers or maybe see one of the heroes that used to drive these cars back in the day might show up next to the car and be able to talk to you a bit. Even cooler. Lions in the pastures of the lamb. I like that. Very nicely said. Uh, that's absolutely wonderful. The other thing that uh, Peter told me was even they're going to have some uh, – helicopters on the lawn, including maybe a vintage patchy attack helicopter, right? Yes. We normally get a couple, three uh, military helicopters. Mm-hmm. Peter's the world's greatest promoter and, and marshaler of resources, and he talks to several of the uh, base commanders around the state and in Southern California and usually cajoles uh, one or two of them into bringing some hardware in for us. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I want to ask you about a really special vehicle in your life. You've It could be a race car, it could be a street car. You've had so many cool rides. Is there one that really stands out for you? I would say on the uh, in the in of the race cars I've had, I had a uh, a 1982 Ralt RT4 Atlantic car Ooh. that actually uh, was owned at one time by my my original hero in racing, Jerry Hansen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh-huh. And uh, I had that, and we did very well with that car, and it was just an absolute joy to drive. It uh, pretty much went anywhere I pointed it. It was uh, a wonderful, stable, fast car to drive, and I had a fellow taking care of it in Oklahoma City when I lived there that did a nice job with it. We just had a great time with that car. I would say that would be my favorite. Now, what was the livery on your car? Uh, and that one was when I ran it, uh, we had sponsor, that was a couple of years. I was sponsored by Ritchie brothers auctioneers out of Vancouver international auction company for heavy equipment and, and trucks. And, uh, yeah. so it was in Jerry Hansen orange with <laughs> Ritchie brothers on the side. Oh, cool. That's a serious car you're driving fast. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. That is very cool. Okay. I'm going to be your automotive psychologist here a little bit, Jim. So sit back on the couch and let me take you down this journey. If you were manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but the man in the mirror, how you perceive yourself, what would Jim be? But more importantly, why? 
What would I be? Yeah. As far as anything? Yeah, it could be anything. You know, and the way a lot of people answer this question uh, is going into more of a, a, the personality they are. Some people, you know, we all want to be a, a sleek Ferrari F1 car or any car or something, but mm-hmm. we're kind of not that. Most of us are not. I'll speak for myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you work in the heavy equipment industry, so who knows? You could be a bulldozer. Yeah, I could be. I would <laughs> I would have to say, though, I'd probably something that was more subtle. Okay. And, uh like a uh, like like a Porsche GT3. Ooh, love it! Enormous performance, but uh, doesn't uh, it doesn't scream "Look at me, look at me!" like a say a Lambo or a Ferrari does. But it'll uh, put just about any one of them in in its mirrors. Yeah, uh, you know, my listeners know I love Porsches, GT3s, GT3 RSs. Oh my gosh. They're yep. such wonderful cars. Yeah. Truly. Fun on the street, fun on the track. They kind of do everything. But that's the thing I've liked about Porsche my whole life is, yeah, they don't scream at you. I mean, love Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all the other wild cars, but uh, they don't do a lot of screaming. So uh, I think that's a good answer to that question. Now, I know that this event is all about charity as well. And I'd love for you to chat a little bit about that. Phoenix Children's Hospital is the charity at Concord in the Hills, and it's such an important place to help children that are battling disease. Uh, what does this mean for you to be a part of this and being able to raise, gosh, you guys are up over $300,000 uh, for this uh, charity and for the hospital. It's wonderful. Yes, I think it's a great, great charity, a great, great hospital. And actually, 20 years ago, it, uh, my son came down with spinal meningitis when I lived mm. here early, and they saved his life. Oh, my it's God. A, uh, wow. Fabulous hospital. And Peter has done a magnificent job, and I and Peter should get all the credit for this, but he puts this together. He is truly the crankshaft in the engine <laughs> and pretty much does 90% of the heavy lifting for this thing. And every penny, we charge admission for the cars, but right. it's free to the people that come out and look. We make the money to give to the hospital through uh, donations from the car entrance mm-hmm. and also from sponsors that Peter gets in abundance. And Peter underwrites a lot of the costs of anything he can't get donated, he takes care of. So yeah. truly, uh, every dollar you write out to Concourse in the Hills ends up in the pocket of Phoenix Children's Hospital. There isn't anything siphoned off for management fees or uh, uh, organizational uh costs or anything like that it's uh it's truly a dollar for dollar uh donation that's wonderful. a great 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 thing i love it hey is there a great book you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners that you either enjoyed or learned a lot from racing or just in general it could be anything racing cars business self-help <laughs> that that that's a, a a broad question but i would say i most recently read a book by don winslow called cartel it's about obviously the narco state uh, business in uh, Mexico mm-hmm. and uh, just about the, the politics and the uh, organizational situation w- with uh, what's going on in Mexico and how it affects things in the United States. That was an excellent book that helped me un- living uh, contiguously to Mexico, understand a lot what's going on down there and really have a, uh, uh, I guess, a, a great empathy for the people in Mexico that are affected by this. That was a great. That was a great read. I'm trying to think. Uh, the other favorite book that I read recently was uh, "Into the Wild" by John Krakauer about a uh, true story about a fellow young man that decided to uh, cast off <laughs> everything in the world and move out into the wilderness in uh, Alaska. And it 
didn't have a great ending for him, but it was a, a quite a story. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, Into the Wild, incredible. I think there was even a documentary movie done I, I watched about that. Yeah. Terrible, tragic ending. But yeah, the cartel book and that whole goings on is mind-boggling and horrifying and terrible in so many ways. Yes, it is. And it's almost it's almost beyond comprehension what some of these groups have, have done to Mexico and, of course, to the United States and the world um, and how they operate and so forth. But Don Winslow's book is eye-opening, uh, mind-boggling. Yeah, you just go, how is this able to happen? And it helps kind of piece that bits of that together. Uh, there's also a great series... Uh, I can't remember if it's on Netflix or not, called Narco, I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah, that it talks about the same thing, and you just sit here and go, how can this keep happening? A lot of tragedy there, for sure. Well, let's get back to some fun things. I want to allow you to go on what I call the ultimate drive before I let you go here today. This is an open checkbook, so think of me as the huge benefactor that I am. Uh, I'm going to get you any car in the world. Now, this could be a race car that you take racing, could be a street car. You can go with anybody in the world, living or deceased, or if you want a single-seater on the track, you can have that too. And you can drive it anywhere you want to drive it. So that leaves the tracks of the world open to you if you want to be on a racetrack. So what does the ultimate drive look like for Jim Mitzel today? Well, I would have to say, uh, for me, I first of all, I love road trips. And, uh, do them frequently. And I'm in a part of the world that, that is, uh, fortunately one of the best places you could ever possibly live to do road trips. It's, uh, rich in history and geography and all kinds of things. But I would say if I could just wave a wand, <clears throat> I would be in a sixties Ferrari in Europe, in Italy with Phil Hill oh. uh, telling me where to go and, and how to go. And uh, I had the pleasure of doing a car rally with him before he passed away. Oh, nice. And he was just a, a wonderful gentleman and uh, humble and modest and so knowledgeable. And just to think I'm sitting with a guy that was a world driving champion. And uh, yeah. it could be just, uh, you know, Bob from down the street. And he shared things uh, so generously with us. He was a wonderful man. He he came to one of our sovereign events and was the key, uh, the fate, you know, the star of the show. And I got to have lunch with him. I had my son with me. I think Blake was about seven or eight, and he was just so kind and nice. I've had his son uh, Derek on the show here, and Phil. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was just a genuine guy and a consummate car guy. We all know, incredible driver, you know, restorer. I mean, yeah, to have those moments with him that you had, what a what a wonderful thing. Truly was, and I would have loved to travel in Europe with him. Oh, gosh. Yeah, a dream come true. You know, you have taken us on a really fun couple laps here around the track, Jim. I knew this would be a blast. I'm so grateful that Peter introduced us. Before I let you go, maybe as we're into the new year here, is there a, maybe a mantra, a success quote, or some words of inspiration you might offer the listeners today? I would say what I've tried to do is have a goal, have a dream, and never give up on achieving your dream. And I think if you if you are truly dedicated to doing it, you can make it happen. In my case, it was going from being a guy that watched races to be a guy that participated in races. Yep. And uh, I, I made that happen. I think that's what I would say is, you know, follow your dream, believe in it, and you can make it happen. You're a wonderful inspiration, Jim. Hey, what is the name of your business? So we can put that out there for listeners if they're looking for heavy equipment. Surely. If, if you need a bulldozer, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, PacWest Trading, and we're in Phoenix, Arizona, and we deal in <clears throat> larger uh, earth-moving equipment and 
do an awful lot of highly specialized vocational trucks like uh, water trucks, uh, mechanics trucks, fuel and lube trucks, and we ship stuff like that all over the world. So wow. anyway, it's uh, a nice little niche for us. No kidding. Well, congratulations on that success as well. Listeners, if you want to learn more about this wonderful event, Concord on the Hills, you can find them online at concordonthehills.org. Hey, February is not that far away. February 12th, 2022. It's an incredible event, incredible day. Remember, it's free to attend. That is incredible as well. And when you're there, you can say hello to Jim, some of the race car drivers that are going to be there, and enjoy the cars that he's curated for this event. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Jim, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing what you do. Uh, What an inspiration you are, my friend. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Concours in the Hills. Thank you very much, and I look forward to that. You're welcome, my friend. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion. And mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.